0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
2: every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 1st, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I am not bearing the lead. We will talk about Jonathan Isaac's decision to stand for the national anthem when everyone else knelt in protest of racial injustice as well as police brutality and a whole host of other issues uh, involving the black community here in America. It will be a serious conversation um, uh, that that I hope will touch the right chords. I, I cannot promise that it will. Um, I will, again, only promise that I am willing to listen, understand what my words mean, and try to be better for the next time. But I'll provide my thoughts on... My thoughts on on not necessarily what happened because um, I, I think those thoughts are pretty clear, but I will try to provide some thoughts and some perspective perhaps on uh, on Isaac's decision, what he did, and what it means. We will talk about that at the end of the show because it's such a weighty issue. I'm going to put it at the bottom so it weighs us down toward the end. We will also talk about the Orlando Magic's big win over the Brooklyn Nets, what should be the main story of the day. Of course, it is not. It's not the conversation starter. Um, So again, I'm not trying to bury the lead here, but I want to get to the game first um, because it's a little bit lighter. We can, we can, it rises to the top because it's lighter. Um, The heavier stuff goes to the back end because it is heavier and I want to make sure it gets all the due time and attention it deserves. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. What the lowdown on the Brooklyn Nets and their perspective of things. Check out Locked On Nets where Josh Bass and Marcus Berahal React to the Nets game against the Orlando Magic. You can also look ahead and check out uh, Locked On Kings to take a look about take a look at uh, a preview of the Sacramento Kings and San Antonio Spurs matchup, which took place on Friday uh, as they get ready to play the Orlando Magic on Sunday. Uh, you can find that you can find those podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Search to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Like I said, I, I want to start with the game itself. Um, uh, at the end of the day, I, I know you all do not come here for my social commentary. Um, you know I, I you know part of me wants to you know duck my head and in, in focus only on the basketball. I, I, I don't want to dive into weighty issues that, that frankly I don't have necessarily the words, the experience, the perspective, the authority to, to speak. Much on uh, as Americans, we have you know some authority at least to speak on all things having to do with America and having to deal with the social issues that we are dealing with. Um, I, I try to be a little bit more detached and distant from it. Um, and and of course, you know, admit where I don't know something or admit where you know maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. And so, again, when we get to that discussion, when we get to that part of the show. If you're not interested in it, that will be your your cue to leave. And I am perfectly okay with you doing that if, if you don't care what I have to say about it, you know, frankly, I, I don't blame you for that. Um you know, I hope I can add some perspective and some some thought and something different uh to the conversation that um that you know you can think about or, or take and 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 in some way I hope that you see how much I've wrestled with 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 what uh, Jonathan Isaac did, and, and and what it means, and and how to how to treat it. Um, you know, I, I've I've been thinking about this a lot all day long, and I don't think I really have a a, a firm grip on my on my thoughts uh, a, at this point. For those that are living under a rock or don't know, Jonathan Isaac was the lone NBA player uh, in Friday's action to stand for the national anthem. Throughout the entire league, every game that was played on Thursday as well as Friday, every player in the league knelt for the national anthem. Now that I think it should be made very, very clear that this is not a protest of the national anthem itself. This is a protest of racial—the the anth- the national anthem, just like it was for Colin Kaepernick, which I know can be a buzzword and a trigger word for some people, just like it was for Colin Kaepernick a few years ago when he was with the San Francisco 49ers and the movement that grew, th- grew through the NFL at that point and, and slowly into the NBA. Um, the national anthem is merely a stage— that is being used to draw attention to societal issues within the United States. In the NBA, they have put Black Lives Matter on the court because the NBA is probably the most visible presence of successful black men in this country. I know as a white passing male, I'll explain why I consider myself white passing um, later on in the show. As a white passing male, My exposure to black culture, to to really black people, my first exposure to black people in general, you know, because we still live in a at least somewhat segregated society. um, My first exposure to black people was through basketball. Um, And so they, I mean, I think it is fair to say that they are very representative uh, to a lot of America, not just white America, but to a lot of America of black men in this country, this country. I I think it is perfectly fair to say that. Um, and so these issues of racial injustice hit very close to home for a lot of them. Players in the NBA have dealt with pr- police brutality directly. Milwaukee Bucks guard Sterling Brown was a victim of police brutality. Uh, Tabo long Sef- longtime NBA player, Tabo Cephalosha, was a victim of police brutality. They are both, in my book, American heroes, even though Tabo Cephalosha is from uh, Switzerland. Uh, I don't know if he's an American citizen, um, but they are both American heroes to me because they stood up to police brutality, and demanded that the United States live up to its promise. Um, whether you agree with that or not is completely up to you, and that's going to be part of the point that I make. But Jonathan Isaac was the lone player who stood for the National Anthem. He also stood while not wearing the Black Lives Matter warm-up shirts that every player in the league has been issued and is, and is wearing uh, for warm-ups for these games. We will get into Jonathan Isaac's decision. I will play Jonathan. what Jonathan Isaac had to say, Um, Because I think it's important that you hear directly from him and allow him to explain himself, and that will be part of the point that I'm trying to make as well. Um, And and we'll talk about that coming up at the end of the show. Again, if you don't care what I think about that, if what I describe, just kind of the basic news, or what is essentially the basic news, um, is enough of what you want to hear from me uh, on that matter, um, then I... Feel free to to, to click off when we get to that point. You'll know we're getting to that point because I will be done talking about the game. We'll we'll go through the box score and all that. But Friday was also the return of Orlando Magic basketball. It was the beginning of the seeding round for the Orlando Magic, and it was the beginning of answering a lot of important questions for this team. Obviously, playing the Brooklyn Nets was the most important game of the season for the Orlando Magic. I kind of joked online... When the NBA posted the full schedule, it was the players saying, you know, we need to ease back into things. We can't just dive straight into the regular season. And then the NBA saying, oh, so you want to play your most important game as the first game of the season. Got it. The Orlando Magic trailing the Brooklyn Nets by a half game when the season went on a hiatus and certainly very likely to, to pass them for the seventh seed with both two more games against the Nets and significantly easier schedule. This game took on added importance with just eight games to play before the playoffs begin. Two weeks, two weeks in fact, before the playoffs begin as well. Um, this was a vital game for the team to get an inside track on the spot, to pass Brooklyn and be a half game up on the Nets with, again, another game coming up against Brooklyn uh, later on in the seeding round. To say that the Orlando Magic got off to a poor start is an understatement. It was bad. The Nets scored 39 points in the first quarter. 39 points. And it wasn't just that it was 39 points. It was the Magic were giving up easy baskets. They were getting beat off the dribble and pick and rolls. Uh, Nikola Vucevic was struggling to step up and Jared Allen was feasting at the rim. 10 points on 5 for 5 shooting in the first quarter. Things looked terrible for the Orlando Magic. It you know, they're keeping up. They were scoring plenty. They were getting to the basket. They were getting to the foul line, but it had the markings of a game where whoever decided to play defense first was going to win. And, and yes, the Nets are undermanned, and you know they, they don't have every, they don't have all their players. It, it was not a game that, that bode well for the Magic in a lot of ways. But things change quickly. Things do change very, very quickly. And the Magic were able to get things back under control. Jonathan Isaac played a big part in that. Markel Fultz played a big part in that, coming off the bench. Ken Birch coming off the bench. Played a big part, of, part in that. And the energy of the game began to change. Brooklyn missed a few shots. Orlando was able to get key stops, get out in transition. Jonathan Isaac had a, a, a plain just strip of a player. Um, got it to Markel Fultz, who, who got up the floor, flubbed a layup, maybe. Passed it, maybe. Ken Birch was trailing and was able to finish. And again, Ken Birch making those kind of in-between plays, getting offensive rebounds. Such a big part of the game. Uh, for him and for the Magic in general, Orlando outscored Brooklyn 34 to 20 in the second quarter, using a nice run to end the quarter, especially Evan Fournier hitting a big three off of a pass fake um, to give the Magic an 11 point lead at the end of the first half. And from there, the Magic just simply continued to dominate. A 41 to 23 third quarter where Orlando opened up as much as a 30 point lead. Their threes were falling, both Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic had 11 points in the third quarter, and everything was working. Even the Magic's defense was working. It was a blowout, and Jonathan Isaac's run where he hit a bunch, hit a couple shots only made things worse. It turned it from a blowout to a runaway. In fact, the Magic did not score for the final seven minutes of this game. The Magic didn't score for seven minutes. They still won by 10. Okay. Steve Clifford did have to bring the starters back in as the bench unit, uh, which featured Michael Carter-Williams who would foul out, DJ Augustine who would replace him, uh, James Ennis, Gary Clark, uh, Melvin Frazier, and Mobamba. Um, There was no organization on either end of the floor. They were giving up threes to Timothy Luau-Cabro. They weren't able to get much offense going. They turned the ball over like crazy. It was not pretty that fourth quarter. But it didn't have to be because it ultimately didn't matter. The Orlando Magic had built such a cushion, had dominated so thoroughly through the second and third quarters that they won easily 128-118. to The Magic got that edge. They got the inside track on the 7th seed. A half-game lead over the Brooklyn Nets now for the 7th seed. And now they truly do control their own destiny for their ultimate goal of getting to the 7th seed. Again, the Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 128-118 to to open the seeding round. And take control of the 7 seed. And as you can tell, it is great to have sports back. The Magic, minus 6, covered the spread. Oh yeah. I had them covering the spread and hitting the under of 210. That didn't quite happen. Didn't see both the Magic and the Nets shooting the lights out the way they did. But it's just good to have sports back. It's good to talk about some of these fun little things again. These fun little wagers that we can have on these games again. And shoot. If you watched Orlando City, and, and this deserves a very clear statement here, congratulations to Orlando City. The neighbors at Disney um, took down LAFC, perhaps the best team in the MLS, to reach the MLS's back tournament semifinals. Uh, Jao Moutinho with a great goal in the 98th minute to force penalty kicks. Nani finishing it up in penalty kicks uh, for a 1-1-5-4 victory uh, for Orlando City. Congrats to the Lions. Steve Clifford called it that the Lions would win. That's the kind of excitement that we get from sports. A 90th-minute victory. A blowout win from the Magic. uh, Overtime game between the Portland Trailblazers uh, and Memphis Grizzlies in a critical game. An overtime game to finish things off between the Dallas Mavericks and Houston Rockets. It was fun to have sports again. But you know what will make it even more fun? Putting a little little bit of money on the line. You know you want to. MyBookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. With the start of Major League Baseball, as well as the restart of the NBA, and the NHL starts up on Saturday too, there's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year, be sure to check out MyBookie's future bets, including for the World Series. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. I, I've actually looked at the Magic's odds to win the championship, 25000 I think it was. Uh, I don't know if that's what the actual one is now, but it, it feels pretty good. I, I put a dollar on that to get, to, 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 to get what was it, uh, $2,500. That, that seems like a good bet. Smart bettors are always looking toward the future, and in this case, that means all the sports that are becoming available, basketball, hockey, football, baseball, MyBookie is accepting bets on all your favorite NBA and NHL games, and even some of those NFL games that are coming up on the horizon, assuming that they can get their season started without a bubble. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's LOCKEDONNBA. Two N's in that when signing up. Remember, my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they
1: pay. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked on NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: All right. It is back once again. Another game day. Another time to run through the final box score and analyze how individual players played throughout the this game, uh, leading score for the Magic was Evan Fournier, 24 points, 10 for 15 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc, five assists. Um, safe to say that that slump Evan Fournier seemed to be in during the scrimmages, uh, not that big of a deal, not that big of an issue. Fournier, um, you know, the one good thing that I think Fournier really carried over from those scrimmages is he really didn't force anything. Um, everything really felt within the flow of the offense. The ball was finding him. He was making good reads, good plays. Uh, And if he's playing like this, obviously not just the scoring, but kind of the reading and reacting, um, that's going to make the Magic's offense very, very good. I mean, I I think the one thing we could say about the Magic's offense, even dating back to uh, when the season went on hiatus, is that the ball moves very, very well. That the ball does not stick, it it finds the right guy, it finds the open man, and that gets you open shots, and that gets you baskets. Um, The Magic really, at no point in this game, until that deep bench crew was in in the fourth quarter, never really did force anything. It never really felt like anyone was trying to do too much to create. I mean, okay, maybe Aaron Gordon had a couple of those shots that you kind of just take that with him, but um, for the most part, it, it all felt very natural. And, you know, Fournier is definitely someone that people get critical on and critical about for trying to force stuff a little bit too much for trying to, you know, take his turn. Didn't really do that this game. The ball found him. He was good in transition. He made his shots. And, and of course, that's a big part of things. My only cause for concern, and 48 only played 24 minutes, by the way. Uh, Magic did a really good job limiting minutes in this game, even with the starters having to come back uh, at the end to kind of bail them out. Um, Or not bail them out. It was 12 when they came back. It was, you know, 12 points with 12 point game with two minutes to go. It was more of just like, yeah, I can't believe you guys are making me do this guy. Um, my only point of concern with Evan Fournier, and, and 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 it has to be pointed out, he really struggled with pick and roll defense at the beginning of the game. Um, I, I I do think that that the defense has really targeted him a little bit. It felt like the Nets defense targeted him a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I'll, I'll have to look up numbers to see if that's that's a phenomenon that 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 happens a little bit more. But he really struggled getting over screens. And it wasn't just him. It was everyone. Everyone really struggled defensively early on in the game. Um, but Fournier caught my eye a little bit more for whatever reason. So, again, if I'm signaling him out and, and the data's not there, I apologize. Um, it was just rough. Um, it was just rough early on. You know, Nikola Vucevic was probably in the same boat. Um, we'll talk about him now. Now, um, Vucevic, you know, the combination of Fournier struggling to get around screens and Vucevic maybe dropping a, a step too far Really hurt that hurt the team early. They got it under control, and you know, you know, they, they started using their hands a little bit more to contest shots and to kind of challenge shots. Um, you know, Aaron Aaron had a notable one where he just didn't contest a shot effectively at all, even though it was there. Um, it got better. Um, you know, will I will I will I say that they're ready to play? You know, the Boston's and the Philadelphias that they're going to have to play, the Toronto's especially that they're going to have to play. Not particularly. Uh, I, I I don't think they're there yet. But overall, I thought that overall, I thought that that the Magic did a good job. Um, or once and the Magic cleaned up their defense well enough to, to take on this Brooklyn team early on, though, was a big struggle. The Magic have to start off better. You can't be giving up thirty-nine point quarters. I don't care whether offenses are going crazy here inside the bubble. But you know, Nikola, Nikola Vucevic, um, he has long been the kind of drumbeat of this team, um, the heartbeat, just the consistent kind of you, you can count on him for whatever he's going to give you. 22 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 for 12 shooting, 5 for 5 from the foul line. Um, just very, very steady. You know, when the Magic needed to go get baskets, they got they got it to him. You know, he was limited in his 3-point shots, 1 of 4. Um, so, you know, he didn't take an exorbitant amount. 4 is probably still a few too many. Um, but he got himself in the paint a lot, and, and I think, obviously, that's where he is most successful. Um, off the bench, big game from Jonathan Isaac. Um, you know, again... This, this is a pattern now. He had, he had, what, 13 points in seven minutes um, the other night, 16 points in 16 and a half minutes uh, in, in this game. And again, a lot of it just like simple things. Um, you know, cut, following, a, following a driver into the lane to, to be a trailer, uh, getting out in transition, uh, cutting to open space so, so you can get a pass delivered to you, hitting the offensive glass. Jonathan Isaac still does not have a lot of plays run for him. I, I want to make this really, really clear they're not running plays for Jonathan Isaac yet. And he is still finding ways to score and be effective, to make plays. Um, he's especially good in transition, it feels like. And again, the difference between the Magic having a nice kind of 15, 20-point lead and blowing it open to 30 was all Jonathan Isaac. Um, he made a lot of really good big shots. So 16 points, six for 7 shooting, 6 rebounds for Jonathan Isaac, 1 steal as well where he just kind of ripped the ball straight from the guy. Um, you know, I, I think he's still getting his legs under him. It's very, very clear he's not completely there defensively yet. And this is, you know, this is, this is my error and my analysis. I thought offenses would struggle more than defenses um, in, the, in the campus. I thought offensive rhythm would take longer to get than defensive rhythm because defense is usually something you can control. It's sure looking like throughout the league, this is not just a magic issue. Defenses are taking longer to get back into shape and get back into form than offenses are. Um, yeah, they're are bad shooting nights um, throughout the league throughout the league. So I mean, it's not universal, perhaps, but um, I think I, you know for the you know certainly for the Magic, getting their defensive timing, trust, and chemistry back has taken a lot longer than the offense has, and and, and frankly that has that's been a bit of a surprise to me. I was not expecting uh, things to work out quite like that. Aaron Gordon, a solid game, ten points, eleven rebounds, six for eight from the foul line, two for five shooting. Six rate from the foul line is really good. You know, you want him to be at the free throw line, which means he is in the paint, worked a lot in the paint, you know, had a couple of his wayward jumpers, but again, only taking five field goals, that means he's not forcing things. That means he knows he doesn't have it, or the shot isn't there, and he's keeping it moving. He only had two assists, so, you know, not the crazy games that he had back in March, but Gordon was solid defensively for the most part, um, and... Did a good job on uh, on the glass, um, which you know again was such a big which was such a big emphasis in the game and something the Magic actually struggled with early on. Jared Allen did a really good job, you know. Jared Allen was was a guy that the Magic just really really struggled with, Um, you know. You know whether it was in pick and rolls as a roll man or you know kind of leaving him open on on for offensive rebounds uh, off of those plays. You know, Gordon did a much better job in his second stint, especially pinching down and and making sure that 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 there was a body on him to make sure that they got the rebounds. Um, in that scenario, Marco Fultz in eighteen and almost nineteen minutes, eight points, six assists—a team high, six assists for him. Four for nine shooting, still feeling it out. You can, you know, he airballed a jumper. You can still see that he's getting his conditioning and his legs back and his rhythm back. Um, but again, when he's in the game, the ball moves, the team moves. Um, you know, he does—he does a lot of really good things that just don't show up on a box score. Um, so overall, nice game from him. Markel, or Ke, sorry, I just talked about Markel Fultz. Ken Birch, 12 points, three for six shooting, six for six from the foul line, four rebounds, and bigger surprise here: five assists for Ken Birch. He also added two blocks. Um, I, I, I really think that the game changed on Ken Birch. I think Ken Birch did such a good job, just kind of attacking and cutting to the lane, getting to the glass, um, you know, providing a little bit of ba- a defensive backstop. You know, I, I think that his his minutes and his play really helped turn this game around for the Magic and kind of settle the team in as well. I'm really impressed with his game. James Ennis, too, I thought, had a nice game. Eight points, two for two shooting, one for one from beyond the arc on a step-back three-pointer. Orlando shoots 52.9% for the game, 11 for 31 from beyond the arc, 25 for 28 from the foul line. Again, getting to the foul line, not the Magic' strong suit, but something they've done very, very well in both the scrimmages and now in this game against the Nets. That'll be something to keep an eye on as we get a little bit more data and get a little bit deeper into this thing. The Nets are led in scoring by Timothy Luau-Cabarro with 24 points, a lot of that coming in the fourth quarter. Karis Lavert had 17 points on 7-for-17 seven shooting, 14 points, 5 rebounds for Jarrett Allen. He scored 10 of those 14 in the first quarter. Joe Harris also with 14 for the Nets. They shoot 48.4% from the floor, a lot of that again coming in the fourth quarter when they made a run to cut it down to 10. Um, 17 for 23 from the foul line for them. The Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 128-118. to 118. That moves them into 7th place in the Eastern Conference for the time being, hopefully for a little bit longer than that. Um, it gives Orlando the inside track to win the seventh, the all-important 7th seed in the Eastern Conference. They're back in action Sunday against the Sacramento Kings. Before we move on, though, I want to remind you that you can start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Budu and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Check it out today wherever you download podcasts, the Axios Today podcast.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs.
2: Maybe not clarify I, again. I need to just start this conversation the same way with this kind of some of the same statements I made um, after the protests over 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 the murder of George Floyd uh, took place um, back in in April, which which feels like a lifetime ago at this point. The things I'm about to say uh, in this next segment are probably not going to be perfect. Um, where I am not perfect, where I do not meet standard where I do not meet, you know, where I do not meet what needs to be said or or, or I'm lacking perspective that, that I maybe can't have. I want that to be pointed out to me so I can be better. So I can learn, number one, and number two, be more conversant and be a better ally. Um, I am a white passing male. Um, I am... I am Jewish, and so I, you know, as as I as I jokingly say sometimes, the racists don't consider me white. Um, I am Jewish, so I am a minority of a sorts, or not of a sorts, but for this per, for the purpose of this conversation, uh, we'll use that term. Uh, I am a minority that has experienced um, racism in the past. Um, my community experiences racism. However, as white passing person and someone who is Jewish with white skin tone, I can hide that. So I I, I, I say this to say that I do come at this from a minority perspective, but also I come at this from a perspective of privilege. Uh, And so before starting any of this conversation, I feel I need to put that out on the table so my perspective is clear. And so I can say, where I come up short, where there is something that I am saying that might come that might be coming from, from my place or from my perspective and from my voice that doesn't quite match up or doesn't quite hit the mark that I hope I'm trying to convey, or is completely off base even. I need to know so I can be a better ally in this fight for racial justice in this country. Um, you know, again, as someone who is Jewish, we know, as well as anyone, how much silence can kill. How much apathy can kill. And that's not that's not figurative. That is literal. These things can kill. And I want to make sure that I am part of the solution and, and not part, either part of the problem or silent, which is also part of the problem. As as Ellie Weisel. Said, evil can only succeed where good men stay quiet. There is a multifaceted, you know, There's, I'm I'm gonna struggle with words here, and 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 I'm sorry if this is gonna be kind of some some brain dumping and 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 piecing things together, but but that process in and of itself, I think, is important too. There are a lot of moving pieces in this conversation. Certainly in this conversation that I'm about to have now, I will try to acknowledge it where I see it. I'm going to try and withhold judgment. Um, I will let you know when I'm expressing an opinion and not necessarily the, the part that I want to, the point that I want to make. So let's begin. Jonathan Isaac made the decision to stand during the national anthem at a time when Everyone else in the league is deciding to kneel, to make that statement. That they are kneeling to, not to protest the anthem, or necessarily even to protest the idea of America, which I think is very, very important that that I think a lot of people have lost sight of in a, a misguided version of patriotism. That was opinion. They are protesting racial inequality, And police brutality in this country and and demanding that this country live up to its promise but what's important to remember about protest is that protest is meaningful to each person protest is a decision and if you're not comfortable with that decision if you're if you're more comfortable protesting in another way that is absolutely your prerogative LeBron James was asked why he's not wearing some social message on his jersey, as as several players on the Orlando Magic are. Twelve players on the Orlando Magic are. I took I took the NBA up on their offer to put social justice messages on their jersey. Um, something I you know honestly, that whole exercise made me think about what I would put on my jersey if I could. Um, it, this what I would put on there is not a choice on there, but as a a grandchild of a Holocaust survivor, I would I would put "Never Again" on the back of my jersey. You know, I, I honestly, I would, I would ask you all to to consider what what you would put on the back of your jersey and, and what that means to social justice in this country. And you know, again, I, 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 there are a lot of powerful statements being made out there. But LeBron James did not his jersey says James on it, and he said for him that message of social justice, that raising of awareness, did not speak to him. That is not how he would like to express um, his desire for social justice in this country, and so he did not participate in that particular protest. He still he knelt for the national anthem on Thursday during the Lakers Clippers game. He's doing lots of other action, including his voting rights group, as well as donating one hundred thousand dollars to the Florida Right Florida Rights Restoration Coalition here in Florida, a very worthy cause that that I encourage you all to to be invested to. Uh, look up and, and be invested in. And that is how he chooses to make his statement. How you choose to make a statement, how you choose to protest, or whether you choose to protest, is completely an individual choice. And so it is no surprise to me that Steve Clifford, the Orlando Magic organization, and Jonathan Isaac's teammates all said they supported Isaac's decision to stand during the national anthem. In fact, someone, one of the reporters asked Evan Fournier, Brother Isaac explained to them why he he decided to stand. And Fournier said, frankly, that's not our business. If he wants to share it, that's fine but this is an individual choice that everyone has to make. They have to make their own relationship with both the social justice movement going on in the country as well as a lot. The anthem here is the least important part. I just want to make that clear. The anthem is merely a stage for this protest to take place. It is not the thing being protested itself. The thing being protested is racial injustice, Police brutality and and racism essentially those are things that we can all agree are worth protesting and worth changing. If you can't agree on that, this conversation isn't for you, or you're not ready for this conversation, or you need to educate yourself on why this conversation is needed. Jonathan Isaac chose this was chose that this was not the method for him to make that statement, or perhaps that. This wasn't a statement he was comfortable making. Isaac also chose not to wear the Black Lives Matter shirt that teams are wearing during warm-ups. And again, that's his prerogative. He is not being penalized for it, nor should he be. Everyone is allowed to have their own relationship and their own meaning behind what these protests mean. However, Jonathan Isaac is a public person. He is in the NBA. He is well known to people. He has a larger platform, to be, to be perfectly frank, both as a minister in his church, he has a pulpit, as well as an NBA player, someone who's recognizable and out front. And frankly, when you're a six foot 11 guy standing when a bunch of people are kneeling, just visually, that makes a statement unto itself and yes it is unfair that this is a public statement and that we're asking a 22 year old to explain himself when he doesn't have to he doesn't owe that to any of us and while well, there's plenty to be said about what isaac said kudos to him to standing to the media and trying to give an explanation of why he decided to stand at this time of kind of player unity against against racism in this way.
0: Absolutely, I believe that Black Lives Matter. Um, a, lot, a lot went into my decision, and, and part of it is, first off, um, it is it's my thought that you know kneeling or wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. Um, don't go hand in hand with supporting black lives and so um i felt like just me personally um and what it is that i believe in standing on the stance that um i do believe that black lives matter but i i just felt like it was a decision that i had to make and, and I, I didn't um you know, feel like putting putting that shirt on and, and kneeling uh, went hand in hand with um, supporting black lives or that it, it made me support black lives or not i believe that uh, for myself, my, my, my life has been supported uh, through the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and that everyone is made in the image of God and that we all foreshadow God's glory and that uh, you know, each and every one of us, each and every day do things that we shouldn't do, we say things that we shouldn't say, uh, we hate and we, we dislike people that we shouldn't hate and dislike um, and, and sometimes it gets into a point where we point fingers about whose evil is worse and, and sometimes that comes down to simply whose evil is, is most visible. So um, I felt like I wanted to just take a stand on it. I felt like we all make mistakes, but I think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's grace for us and that Jesus came and died for our sins and that if we all will come to an understanding of that and understand that God wants to have a relationship with us, um, that we can get past skin color, we can get past all the things in our world that are messed up, jacked up. Um, I think when you look around, racism isn't the only thing that, that, that plagues our society that plagues our nation that plagues our world and I feel like you know coming together on that message that we want to get past not only racism but everything that, 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 that plagues this other society I feel like the answer to it is, is the gospel
2: I will say this you know I, I, I watched I wasn't able to participate in the teleconference after Friday's game where Jonathan Isaac said what you just listened to um, I I watched it on Fox Sports Florida after the game. Um, I watched it again as I was writing about it and, and trying to gather my thoughts. And, you know, yes, he was covered, his face was covered by a mask, which you could tell he was both a little, pro- you could tell that it seemed like he was a bit nervous and a bit uncomfortable talking about these issues. And that's fine. You know, I I appreciate that Isaac, that Jonathan Isaac, expressed himself in this way. Um, I, I appreciate and want to listen to and understand his perspective and and why he made the decision he made. Um, you know, I don't think it matters whether he stood or not for the for the anthem. Um, I think that the players understand that that it's not for everyone. it's not ultimately it's ultimately a symbol of things. And the real work is the action you take to bring about the change you see. You know, Isaac. Isaac is very religious, um, and like I said, I'm 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 Jewish, and part of my bias is I become very skeptical of religion, my own my, my own religion certainly. Um, Jews are kind of sometimes taught to be skeptical even of their own religion, um, and you know, frankly. Part of my bias is I, I can be very skeptical of people, especially Christians, whose religion is front and center in their lives. Um, you know, it doesn't change how I feel about Jonathan Isaac. I, I I appreciate him as a player. He's a fantastic player, and frankly, I've interacted with him several. You know, so much in the locker room. He is genuinely one of the nicest dudes in the world. Um, you know, I I often joke with other members of the media that if Jonathan Isaac had any ego. He would have been the number one pick in his draft, and, and honestly, I, I don't know if I fully believe that because Jason Tatum's really good, um, but Jonathan Isaac is a really special human being. Um, you know, he's a genuinely good person. I don't think there's any malice in what he did. Um, you know, I think you know listening. You know, you initially you get kind of the sound bites of what he's saying. Uh, and, and certainly on social media, they're, they're fragments. And when you listen to what he actually says here, I think what he's trying to say is that, you know, these protests aren't going to do very much. You know, raising awareness isn't going to do very much because what becomes, what's more important is personal responsibility, taking care of yourself and, and not having hate in your heart. And Empathy caring about others. And for him, the pathway to doing this is not through protest, not through raising awareness, not through any of that. The pathway for him is through the church, is through religion, through his religious beliefs. And again, that's okay. You know, there's, you know, I, I I was watching my mentions kind of evolve throughout the day. Um, you know cuz cuz i noticed it on tv and i was like well i mean you got to point it out there's a 6 foot 11 guy standing while everyone else is kneeling again the, the, the it, it's impossible to miss it's impossible to hide in that situation um and you know people initially said oh it's you know the the match probably told him not to kneel because of his knee and they didn't want to put stress on his knee which you know that's that, that the first logical place to make, to go. Second logical place that people went was to say, oh, you know, he's, he's a Christian, and, and, and certain Christian sects or certain um, denominations believe that you only kneel before God. You don't kneel for any other reason. Which, again, any reason given is perfectly respectable and fine. I, I don't care if he kneels or not. Especially because, especially here in Orlando, we all know the kind of person Jonathan Isaac is. His answer may not be satisfactory to you. I, honestly, I don't think his message or his reasoning was particularly clear. Um I don't think he, you know, he's throughout his entire time, you know, he talks briefly about racism but then compares it to other evils or or or, or lumps it into a bin with other evils, which again is uh, which perhaps is losing a little bit of the specificity of these protests uh, and why they matter and why they matter to so many people within the NBA family. That's not to say that Isaac's wrong. That's not to say, you know, a whole bunch of other things. But, um, but I would have liked him to be a little bit more clear on, you know, understanding why these protests are happening. And again, maybe that's maybe that's ignorance. Maybe maybe that's not something he's followed. Maybe that's not something. That he is particularly aware of or knowledgeable about, and, and that's okay, you know. I I saw, you know, Steve Kerr talk a little bit about you know something that he regrets doing. Um, you know, back in October, those those halcyon days in October, uh, when the Hong Kong thing sprang up, Steve Kerr said in a podcast recently he regretted his statements on Hong Kong. He admitted I wasn't educated on it and, and I shouldn't have spoken out. The, and certainly the one thing I should have done is support support Daryl Morris. support a colleague um, who is only expressing his right to free speech and a value that we share. And, and Steve Kerr admitted he dropped the ball on that. It is okay to be imperfect. I am fully admitting that I am imperfect in this conversation. I, I want someone to point out where my gap in information is, where my gap in experience is. So that I can be better, because I come to this with the full intention of being a better person, of being a better ally. I, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I, I support, you know, what the players are doing and, and the message the players are are sending. You know, I see a lot. You know, it, but it took me a while to get there too. You know, because I live in a very sheltered world. You know, I went I went to a private school here in Orlando. I you know, again, my, my main exposure to black culture and my main exposure to black Americans was through basketball. Um, I, I won't deny that. That that I had a worldview that was very, very sheltered, and it took a lot for it to open up. It took it frankly took the Black Lives Matter movement to open open it up and make me realize a lot of things about American society that I didn't realize before. And now those conversations are really, really important. And guess, like I mean I think we see it. You know, even some, black, even some black people may not have those conversations. But again, it's, it's, it's not my place to say that. Because again, I'm only an ally in this fight. I have a stake in this fight as an American because I want America to be a better, more equal place. But this is not my fight to lead. This is my fight to support and listen. And again, if, and if that approach is wrong, please tell me. Um, you know, I, I want to be better. I'll give you, I'm will give i going to give my email address at the end of this. I, I want to be better. I want to know where my gaps in information are where my gaps of understanding are. Isaac, I think, comes from a good place. Um, I, I don't think, again, I don't think there's any malice in his heart. I think he wants a better world. And, and the way he sees to create a better world is to spread the gospel. And that's okay. It's not how I would do it. Uh, you know, again, I'm... My bias is I'm a little leery of it. But the one thing we do know is Jonathan Isaac's actions. Because, you know, if there's one statement in there that I think rings true or something that I can interpret or read into what Isaac's saying that does ring true to me, that I do completely agree with Isaac on, it's that kneeling, wearing a t-shirt, isn't going to get the job done. Isn't going to change. Isn't going to change minds. It might raise awareness, but it's the next step that matters. It's the action that matters. It's LeBron. Don't you know? Creating the Voting Rights Group and donating to the Florida Ra- Ra- Rights Restoration Coalition. And it's here where I know I can give Jonathan Isaac at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that he does understand the issues facing this community, at least in some fashion, and the work that he can do to make it better. During the hiatus, uh, when schools closed down, Jonathan Isaac helped fund and pack meals for student, students in need who would not be getting the, the, their regular meals from schools. Because schools provide, you know, to underprivileged children in this in this community, schools provide two hot meals a day, or two meals per day, to a lot of children who may not otherwise have those meals. Isaac stepped up and provided those meals to them. He went door to door every Friday delivering meal kits, uh, and food to families in need through the hiatus when people were losing their jobs left and right and didn't know where meals were going to come from. Jonathan Isaac helped her, helped at least provide a few meals to help families in need. Ultimately, it's actions that are going to matter. I can talk all I want, but it's going to be it's going to be people taking action. It's going to be people voting. It's going to be people doing all these other things. And Isaac wore the vote shirt, so it's it's not like he's not a participant in this. It's going to take all these actions to actually make the change, and if that's what Isaac's saying, you know, saying, then that message is is good. That is the message that needs to be said. I don't want to read too much into it. Again, I want Isaac's words to speak for themselves. I don't want to, I don't want to white explain for Jonathan Isaac. You heard his words earlier. You can take whatever meaning you want from them. That's the meaning that I took from them perhaps I'm being a bit too paternalistic here though and maybe I'm just being again too protective of a guy that I I I respect for his convictions to be honest um you know I respect him you know for his faith uh, you know there, there's definitely a little part of me that can it's a little, a little envious that that he, he can be so you know maybe not devout to to God but so trusting in in something that that he can't see I mean faith is faith is a struggle for all of us in some way um, I, 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 I do think that he is a really giving and humble and, you know, just good person. And I'm very happy that he's in this community, um, that, he is, that he is here in Orlando. And, and again, that that's, his actions speak much louder than anything else, than, than you know, a, a protest, which is just a protest is just a symbol for something. It's just meant to raise awareness. It's the action that you take from that protest that ultimately matters. And Isaac does the action. He walks the walk. Yes, he is an ordained minister, but he is out there serving people. He is out there making the world a better place. And frankly, yeah, I want to protect him. I want people to see the good person that we see all the time here in Orlando. And my fear, and and I was very, frankly, I was very glad to see that Vincent Goodwill is um, of, of Yahoo Sports, who is a longtime NBA writer, um, someone that I've read for a long time, used to cover uh, the Detroit Pistons. Um, I've met him a few times. Just a, 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 From my, my experience, is a good, uh, just a, a great guy, um, You know, a, a fun basketball guy to talk to as well um, in the few conversations that I've had with him. And yes, a, a black man, so I think his perspective is a little more authoritative than, than mine. Um, so I'd go to Yahoo Sports and, and read his column uh, his fear is that Isaac's message, as is whatever it was meant to be, or or as as good intentioned as it might be, might be used for people that are disingenuous. There's a little part of me, and I wouldn't say a little part of me, but when I saw Isaac's words come down, it smacked of, or at least bordered on some of the language that disingenuous commentators use to undermine the important conversations we need to have in this country. And I don't believe that was Isaac's intent. Um, I I don't believe that was Isaac's intent. And I don't want to see him, you know, unless he wants it that way. If he wants it that way, that's his call. But I already saw some disingenuous writers and some disingenuous voices. Trying to make Isaac their shot, their example of something that I don't think he is, or don't think he wants to be. And if that's a little too paternalistic on my part, that's I, I'm willing to admit that 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 it that it is. Ultimately, Isaac's decision and why he did it is his own. Ultimately, everyone's decision to kneel and to. Protest in this way is their own. Just like, you know, I'll use this example. Just like everyone has their own relationship with God, with their religion, with their spirituality, with whatever. Everyone has their own relationship, their own way of interacting with the symbols and things of the world. Everyone has their own way of processing information. Everyone has their own way and their own perspective on things. And protests are great because it's collective action. It's everyone kind of coming to the same relationship with a thing and that and that's powerful that is a very powerful thing but that doesn't mean everyone has to now certainly big conversations everyone needs to have racism needs to be stamped out in this country that is not up for debate civil rights human rights are not a thing for debate they're not a political football they need to be respected at every turn and frankly in this country they as much as we want to believe they are as much as this country promises that they are they are not always respected in the way that they should be. And that's what these protests are ultimately about. But if Jonathan Isaac feels that kneeling does not accomplish that goal, that's fine. That's his relationship. That's his statement. That's his way of doing things. And frankly, as nice as it was for him to explain what he was thinking, as as maybe imperfectly as he explained it, his reasons for doing that thing are his and his alone. The only person that has to be satisfied with that explanation is Jonathan Isaac because if he wants to be the change that he wants to see in the world, he's going to take action to do it. He has, we've seen him take action and frankly that action he's taken to make this community better, to make Orlando better, is far more important than whether he stands or kneels for a a song. It's far more important than that. And it sure sounds like, at least publicly, everyone on the Orlando Magic understands who Jonathan Isaac is. And frankly, that's more important than anything else. If you want to further this conversation with me, if you want to... Tell me where I might be missing the mark, where I might need to learn a little bit more. If you want to give me resources to have these conversations a little bit better, I I know I am an imperfect vessel. I have this platform and I want to make sure that I'm using it properly to make these statements, to, to, to add some insight and perspective uh, that I can, um, to add some thoughts, maybe something to think about. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I don't know what else. add some white noise. Um, not not in the racial way, um, but but maybe that's apropos. Um, please, please let me know. Um, I want to learn more. I want to be a better ally, and and, and that's that's my statement. That's 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 my truth. Is uh, you know, so many people, I think, especially people in my position, don't know how to be better. Um, you know, you you listened to what Kylo Quinn and Tobias Harris said in Matisse Thibel's, uh video blog uh, last week you know, they talk about, okay, now we've got their attention. How do we get them to take the next step? How do we get, the, how do we get people to learn a little bit more, to, to go out on their own and educate themselves a little bit? Um, that, is, that is part of what we have to do as allies. And so if there's something that I need to learn or something I need to understand that I don't quite understand, if I miss the mark in this conversation, um, please let me know. Um, you can email me at omagicdaily@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I am willing to listen. Um, you know, please be respectful if you hate what I, say, what I said, what um, you know, please be respectful. I'm willing to listen to that as well. I'm willing to listen to all perspectives, but again, just please be respectful. I know these issues can get very heated, um, even though they shouldn't. Um, we're all here to listen to each other. We're all here to live with each other. We're all here to learn from each other, and I want to make sure that that part is clear. To close this show again, heavy stuff at the end, so I apologize for that. Went super long here on a Saturday, but um, I am going back to kind of playoff mode. We'll be doing uh, episodes after every single game. Um, so even when there's a weekend game, expect to have a, have an episode uh, to play. Um, you can find these find this podcast wherever you download podcasts. To search for Locked On Magic, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you tune in, in. Google Play, Spotify, and all the other download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at Philip RR, underscore O M D. Um, again, email me for if you want if you email me more, email me if you want to talk or comment as well at omagicdaily@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's gonna do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 128 to 118. They'll be back in action Sunday against the Sacramento Kings. Um, we'll be back Monday with a recap of that game and a whole lot more. Hopefully, we'll be focused on more on basketball, although our, our attention does not go away from the issues at hand in this country and the racial injustice that we all have to fight. Um, this is a good time, of course, to say, uh, please, arrest the, please arrest the police officers who murdered Breonna Taylor um, and make sure that you say the names of all the victims um, of racial violence in this country. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross from I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.